Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey. Welcome back to Guidepost to the Crossroads, and I am your host, William Ramada. And we are talking again about the fear of failure. You know, today what I want to talk to you about is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a perfectionist. You can do it imperfectly. You know, and a lot of times that is just the best way to go. Because if you try to be a perfectionist, One of the main things I've ever seen is you just never get anything done because it's just not right. John John Steinbeck in East of Eden said, and now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. That's an awesome quote. And so much truth is packed into a tiny little statement. As you think about it, what is one thing you could describe as perfect? Maybe it's something you ordered for food last night, um, your favorite TV show or movie, or maybe it's a different part of your wardrobe that you bought yourself. You know, Perfect is such a wide term to describe so many different scenarios. You can have a perfect date. You can mix cocktails perfectly. Your spouse might be perfect for you. Though it can be used to describe many different scenarios, isn't it much harder to find it? It's actually really hard to find perfection. And those, those who become obsessed with the idea of perfection can get lost in their desire to achieve it. You know, chasing perfection is flawed because we overlook the greatness in the things that we already have accomplished. Because our desire to drive forward to perfection is so high. You can have a healthy kind of perfection And that is a driving force. It's a motivator that pushes you through to achieve your goals. But when this perfection becomes out of control, it becomes a path to stress and unhappiness, does it not? Positive or adapted perfectionists enjoy the challenges and they work hard for their successes. With their mindset oriented towards that achievement. The maladapted perfectionists, on the other hand, have a negative focal point. They concentrate more on avoiding the failure. 
See, they tend to have a rigid all or nothing type of thinking. So now you're, you're having a tendency to avoid any challenges. You begin to procrastinate. And, and then you start making these unhealthy comparisons. Driven by this fear of failure, low self-esteem, and, and adverse experiences during childhood, extreme perfectionism is, a, is often associated with compulsive behaviors. Uh, it comes with depression, anxiety, many different eating disorders, and maybe some extreme cases of suicidal impulses. You know, but it, it, it can also make some feel unworthy of love and belonging. And this has a tendency of resulting in a perceived social isolation. Even if perfectionists are more motivated and conscientious, the crippling anxiety outweighs any of those benefits. So you might ask, well, what are some of the most common signs of maladaptive perfectionism? What do they include? Ah, They include hot, hot coffee, but some of them are like setting unrealistically high expectations for yourself and even for others. Very critical of mistakes and very quick to find flaws. A strong tendency to procrastinate due to fear of failure looking for approval and validation from certain people, a tendency to shrug off and minimize compliments or successes. As for me, I'm very critical of my mistakes and and my flaws, and I've often been told I'm too hard on myself. You You know, it's some red flags for me, and I have to catch them, and I work on that. And that's something that we have to do. Because noticing flaws is not always a bad thing. It is, overall, a survival instinct, is it not? But however, like most mental armor, we need to make sure we manage how it affects our thoughts. Otherwise, it becomes very destructive in our lives. We must learn to accept the flaws of the world and especially the ones within ourselves. Trying to achieve this perfectionism can rob you of appreciation for things that are already pretty good around you. Those things you have already done that are good, those things around you that are great, that you just are not looking at. It could keep you stuck because it's impossible. It is an impossible state to achieve. Nobody is perfect. There is no perfection. 
There's been this study by uh, Thomas Coran and Andrew Hill examining the general differences regarding perfectionism. Well, regarding the general differences of how perfectionism shows that over the past 30 years, people desire to be flawless has skyrocketed, especially in the younger people. The study, which was also published in the journal Psychological Bulletin, analyzed data from 41,000 college students from the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. They studied the generational changes in perfectionism from the 1980s to 2016. During their analysis, Coran and Hill investigated three types of perfectionism. One is the self-oriented perfectionism, which this is where you are demanding perfection from oneself. Two, other-oriented perfectionism, you're having it unrealistic standards of perfection from others. I work for people like that. <laughs> and three, social, socially prescribed perfectionism, perceiving excessive expectation of perfection from others. And according to their uh, statistics, between 1989 and 2016, the socially prescribed perfectionism increased by, get this, 33%. The self-oriented perfectionism increased by 10%, while other related, other-oriented perfectionism increased by 16%. So we can see people are getting pretty hard on themselves, are they? You know, I think a, a very important aspect mentioned by those those authors of the study is that um, this increase in perfectionism is accompanied by psychological difficulties. Take a look at our global health. Global health estimates have um, made by the WHO in 2017 showed that various mental health conditions like body dysmorphia, Eating disorders, depression, and anxiety affect a record number of our younger people. We can see this all over the news, the media. It's everywhere. I mean, you can't miss it. Now, even though there's more research is necessary to confirm this and, you know, make it concrete, it has been speculated that one of the factors that profoundly influenced this rise of perfectionism is social media. Because social media seems to be adding pressure by creating an environment where we continuously compare to others. Now, we could take a look at the body dysmorphia there. It's like, you go to any newsstand and pick up a magazine and these these pictures on there like the perfect body beautiful women uh great looking men with muscles you know it's like everybody should be like this you know 
And so it's natural for somebody young wanting to be like that, and they're not. You know, so how much psychological pain does this cause? And this could cause those eating disorders and depression. You know, and these researchers, they also think that millennials are now experiencing these increasingly unrealistic educational and professional expectations. During the mid-70s, only half of the high school seniors were expected to get a college degree. You know, that number has increased big time. I, I, I think I read somewhere where it's, it's up to 80% by 2008, I think it was. You know, so I don't know what it is now, but it's ridiculous because, you know, we're trying to cancel student debt and everything else like that. And, you know, we can't afford it. So, and everybody don't need to go to college, but the expectations are out there that, that self, self-perfectionalism is just crazy. We could have a compassionate self-talk, I believe. This would be a good antidote for somebody whose perfectionism, you know, and the side effects of it. There was an Australian study recently that shows that self-compassion balances out depression caused by the maladaptive perfectionism. So we can get a visual representation of it. Um, they, do sh- they did show a diagram on how it raised up, up, up. And uh, the study was made of a group of 541 adolescents and 515 adults. And uh, they anonymously filled out questionnaires designed to assess uh, the correlation between self-compassion and perfectionism. And um, also depression. And what they concluded was that those experiencing high levels of this maladaptive perfectionism are less prone to develop depressive systems within the context of a high self-compassion. You know, they wrote in this study... It is important to be noted that there is a difference between self-compassion and not pushing yourself to do better or not having any ambition. Too much self-compassion and cutting yourself slack can undermine your ability to cope with adversity and resilience. Playing it safe and not taking risks will cause you to stagnate. Keep pushing your limits while setting realistic and challenging goals. And that's something when I'm in coaching, I'm always telling people that. You know, there's a point to pushing yourself to achieve your goals. And then on the other hand, there's a point where you've got to go too far because your obsessive habits could make you feel like you're not making any headway and then you want to quit. That's why so many people at the beginning of the year, they make these New Year's resolutions and 
they put their expectations so high and they try to hit it all at once and it's just an impossible goal. You're not going to lose 30 pounds in a month and expect to keep it because it's not, it's not realistic. It's the fact of life is it took you years to put it on. It's going to take you some time to take it off and keep it off. But at the same time, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. You know, it's just crazy the way our mind wants to work, especially these days with this get everything instantly society, right? Our mindset is like credit cards. I can have it now. Get a loan. I can have it now. And then you, you're reaping hell afterwards because now you got to pay all that off. You know, I, I've been a perfectionist a lot of my life. So learning compassion has proved to be more difficult than I expected. You know, and it, it's crazy how we can find it so easy to be nice and understanding to others, but we have a hard time doing it with ourselves. You know, and I, I'm always working on it. People say, oh, you're so hard on yourself. Yeah, I am, and to a point, it could be to my detriment, but I'm working on it. I'm not a perfect human being. You know, we're all work in progress in one aspect or another, you know, and I'm not an exception to the rule. You know, at, at this time of my life, I'm like, I'm 54 and I work out all the time and I'm in the process of cutting, shredding, so I could bulk back up and lift more weight and have more muscle, clean, because I'm plant-based. And it's just like, my patience wears thin, like, ah, this is too slow, but it takes time. Like I said earlier with the diet fad thing, you know, you didn't put it on overnight. You're not going to take it off overnight. And then we always say, don't compare each other. And it's kind of hard to do that when you go to the gym and you see somebody with a physique that you would like. And you're like, why can't I be there yet? And so I'm working on it, you know. And my habit of comparing myself to others created so much internal suffering and made a mark on my self-confidence. And... uh you know, because I look at myself, if I look down, I'm like, oh, this is not what I want. But if I look in the mirror, I look at somebody else, then the judgment is there. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. And with that, I just say, be happy with yourself, who you are. You know, work on yourself. Progress is day by day. You know, but still be happy with yourself because you're doing something. Because if you don't learn to put a stop to it, really it ends up making you feel miserable. I've wasted so much of my time comparing my looks, my bank account, my social skills, my work skills, uh, my sense of humor, a whole bunch of stuff, and I compare them to others. But you know what? There was always someone else who was smarter Someone else who is better looking, funnier, and more successful than me. And there always will be. 
in the martial arts, we always said, yeah, don't always think you're the best because there's always somebody out there better than you are. And that is bare facts. It is the truth. There's no win in this sort of competition, the judgment of yourself against others. We just fill ourselves with resentment, you know? And then we start resenting others and others when participating in this, like, toxic game that we're going to play. And throughout my life, I have come to figure, you know, time is precious. And even spending even one second of our lives comparing to another person is just too much time. We all have a unique journey. We all have different lessons to learn and different purposes in life. So any time, any type of comparison is unfair like comparing apples to pears or butterflies to elephants. Focus on your failures, your successes, and your growth, not somebody else's. Think about when you're driving. If you get distracted by looking at the car next to you very long, you lose focus of the road in front of you, and you'll probably get yourself into an accident accident, you know, because you end up veering off to one side or the other. And that's how life works. Looking too much at others' beauty, their accomplishments, it just makes you lose focus on yourself. And you're truly not valuing your own. You know, I've said many times that the definition to success it's, it's so personal. The society's definition of success focuses too much on external achievements. And it, and it forgets to pay attention to the internal success, your inner peace, your confidence, your level of connection with others or love. While some might have financial success, they could lack in something like health. Some might have a good career, a great career even, but they lack some inner peace. You know, I really don't want to diminish the importance of anybody's achievements in life. Both external and internal success contribute to a feeling of fulfillment. But External success will always feel empty if you don't have an internal one. You're not in competition with anybody but yourself. Especially now, in the age of this social media, it's not easy to stay away from unhealthy comparisons. You know, I like to use social media at some time. But from my point of view, it really doesn't make things any easier for us. You know, for example, a lot of people use Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And 
you could follow all these glamorous, super-duper cool people there. But I would suggest if they're all super-duper cool people to unfriend them because that's probably not how they really are. I usually only keep connections with friends or business-related people, or people who are really in a group with the same mindset that I'm at. You know, maybe like a workout group or something. People who are doing the same things because we can give tips back and forth. And I did it because one of the reasons is toxic comparisons. They're inevitable. And they make me feel bad about myself. And it causes me to distract from my journey and the blessings that I already have in my life. I heard a saying a while ago, and it kind of stuck with me. There could only be one Beatles, but that doesn't mean other people shouldn't make music. How, how true can that be? You know? Think about it for a second. We'll, we'll use the music-related example. There have been written hundreds of thousands of songs over time. Some are better than others. But what is important is the next artist didn't say to himself, Man, you know what? There are already a lot of great songs out there. Mine probably won't be that good, so what's the point? Now, the artist just made a new song from the bottom of his heart, shared it with the world, and hoped people would enjoy it. And you know that artists just enjoy doing that process because they love the music. So as long as you're putting in your best effort, that is enough. Because you know what, my friends? You are enough. When you actually realized that doing the best you can is sufficient, even if it's not perfect, you will understand there is room for everybody. You are you, and nobody else can be the same. Understand, this is your power. You should only compare yourself with the person you were yesterday and no one else. Every day to me is progress. I strive to be just a little bit better today than yesterday. And then tomorrow I will be better than today. A quote by Zen Shin. A flower does not think of competing to the flower next to it. It just blooms. Be that flower, my friends. There's a Japanese philosophy. It's called wabi-sabi. Have you ever heard of wabi-sabi? Well, it's this concept that focuses on accepting flaws and seeing beauty in perfection. Wabi is this uh, type of rustic simplicity 
um, an understated elegance, focusing on a less is more mentality. And sabi means taking pleasure in the imperfect. I know it's a hard concept, and we say, oh, we could do that. But a lot of times, can we? Because we obviously have these problems of not accepting ourselves the way we are. But if the case of perfection in all the aspects of our life often lead to stress, anxiety, and depression, Wabi Sabi invites us to take this pause. It encourages us to be grateful and count our blessings, celebrating the way things are and not how they should be. I always say, don't should on yourself. Wabi-sabi is a timeless wisdom. It's more relevant now in this modern life than ever before because we are constantly searching for meaning and fulfillment beyond the materialism of this world. Because wabi-sabi values the beauty of perfection, tranquility, and harmony. It encompasses the appreciation for the things we have, the people we love, finding enjoyment and gratitude in all these things that we do in our lives. There's an art of kintsugi and It's a great example of wabi-sabi. And this is where cracked pottery is filled with gold-dusted lacquer in order to showcase the beauty of its age and damage rather than hiding it. The fault is highlighted. It's not hidden. Robin Gribbs Lawrence the author of Simply Perfect, Revisiting the Wabi-Sabi House, says this, Bringing Wabi-Sabi into your life doesn't require money, training, or special skills. It takes a mind quiet enough to appreciate muted beauty, courage not to fear barrenness, Willingness to accept things as they are, without ornamentation. It depends on the ability to slow down, to shift the balance from doing to being. To appreciate rather than perfecting. That's beautiful, isn't it? We've heard the sayings before. We are human beings, not human doings. So let us be. Stop trying to be that perfectionist, my friends. Take your time, one life, one day at a time, one life at a time. Uh, And just do what you can. Um, There's always tomorrow. Be present today and then tomorrow be better than yesterday. That's all we can do.
one day at a time. Next week, we'll talk about taking action. You know, becoming that action taker. And that's a great follow-up because, you know, as we talk about perfectionism, now we get to say, okay, I'm not perfect, um, but I, ha- I want to, I have to, and I desire to do these things. How can I take action without this perfectionism? So we'll delve into that next week. I thank you for joining me. It is a better life. This podcast has been brought to you by Culture Vegan Shop in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Culture, where the only thing that is missing is you. Thank you.